0: Welcome to an all-new episode of Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter. On today's episode, I'll try to make friends with actor, comedian, and writer Rob Hayes in less time than it'll take for the fragment Travis Scott Jordan 1 sneakers to sell out. Let's get to it. I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian and a ranch dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. sometimes it works. other times, not so much
1: do it do it we do it like we do it.
0: Rob, welcome to the Fast Friends Podcast. What's good? How are you, man? How, how have you been?
1: I'm doing well. It's crazy. I'm on your podcast. We met through my podcast and someone tweeting me that they wanted me to come to their town and then you say, hey, I can make that happen. And now I'm on your podcast.
0: Here, full circle. Rob and I have met. Rob performed on a comedy show that I produce. So I wouldn't say that we've like hung out extensively or like, but we definitely know each other.
1: We hung out a little.
0: We went to White Castle. We did go to White Castle. If
1: I'm going to a town with a White Castle, I'm going to go over
0: there to see what's going on. You know. (laughs) What was going on at that White Castle?
1: Somebody spilled some fruit punch. Was it was it you or your brother? Or was it somebody else that was there that spilled?
0: It was my brother.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember like I had on some crazy shoes because the guy that was a fan of the podcast trying to impress, you oh, know, yeah. the fan the fans. And then I was like, "Damn, is this, this fruit punch fiasco? This is crazy.
0: Why am I wearing these shoes
1: in uh, Aurora, Illinois? Is that is that what
0: it's called? Indiana, yeah." pretty similar once you get in the downstate part wait did your shoes get ruined because i can make my brother pay you back
1: no they did not get ruined and we actually used them as props on the new show sneak this
0: i'm glad that you brought that up i just saw that tweeted out today and i wanted to ask you about sneak this what's what's going on
1: it's a sketch show all about sneakers We're, you know, just making fun of just how ridiculous some of the stuff in the sneaker world is. And then also just using sneakers as a benchmark to just do some of the stuff that we've always wanted to do. Whether that's like being a John Hughes movie or be detectives or buddy cops or whatever. We're just using sneakers to go to all these different places.
0: When's the first episode out? The first episode's out
1: on July 28th, and then it will air bi-weekly, so every other week, because bi-weekly has two meanings, but the every other week one. So just to confuse people, just so people, you know, I can catch people in a lie when they're like, I've seen all three
0: episodes, it's like, aha, we only have two out. Yeah, they're busted. <laughs> So you're working with, uh, this is, you were working with CJ on this. You guys did like a road trip, right? To, I don't want to like spoil it, but I feel like, didn't I see you on the road, like in Ohio or something?
1: We shot part of the show in Akron, Ohio. I don't think Akron is really a character in the show this season. So I don't think you're spoiling anything. Cause I don't think we, uh, you know, I don't, I, I think a lot of it is, it's not distinct where we are. But yeah, there's a part that's shot in L.A., there's some that's shot in Portland, Oregon, there's some that's shot in Akron, Ohio.
0: Right on. And it's going to be, where it's ble- is it Bleacher?
1: Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. So they have a YouTube, they have an Instagram, and it's basically going to live on social media. So we are at the mercy of the children. Hopefully the children like us. I probably shouldn't call them the children. I probably should lie and be like my peers. But yeah.
0: The young people. The youths. The youths. Is it targeted at Gen Z? I think Gen Z
1: can make or break us.
0: I don't think it's tar I think it's targeted at people who
1: have senses of humor and also are like into sneakers. But uh and that could be anybody. I think we cast a wide net, but at the same time, Gen Z are the, gonna be the most vocal, whether they love it or
0: hate it. Well I hope you have your TikTok content ready. Yeah, no, I, I plan on I plan on
1: doing some TikToks throughout the season and using everything to feed off of everything and hopefully people along the way listen to my stand up.
0: I mean, yes, hopefully, right? Like one thing leads to discovery of another. So it's like, it all works out. Would you be able to give me a TikTok tutorial? Because I don't really know how to use it.
1: Oh, no, I'm the worst. There are things that I want to do going into TikTok that I can't even do. There are times where I have just given up just because I'm like, I know I'm doing everything wrong on TikTok. Like the end product shouldn't look the way it looks when I do TikTok. It's very sad. That app makes me feel older than any other app. Between seeing dance moves, not even the hard ones, just a rhythm that is foreign to me like a, like a certain way of moving with music that is foreign to me then also compound that with all right i finally got it i want to do it and it looks nothing like what a child has done
0: yeah tiktok it makes me very depressed cuz like you i feel like i'm a hundred when i try to even just watching stuff on it like i don't i'm like i don't really i don't understand i need a tiktok strategist or something i don't know what i need i
1: don't i don't feel that way watching it Watching it is great. I, I'm inspired. I learned so much. There's so many informative people on there that can teach you so much within a minute's time. It's amazing. But it's kind of like what you make it. Like the more time you spend on there interacting and liking stuff, the more it shows stuff that you kind of like. So for me, it's like information, sports discussions, and booties. Like pretty much that's what I get on my feed.
0: I mean, that sounds like a pretty nicely curated feed the algorithm's working for you
1: yeah no the algorithm will show me something that somebody posted like brand new and it's like how did you even know that this is what i wanted to see because i feel like i'm seeing this early but maybe that is part of the thing that they do they they put the view count lower for people who will respond to lower view counts and the view count higher for people who respond to higher view counts and then eventually reveal the actual view count that would that would be some trickiness because i'm the type of person that i don't if it's got a bunch of views i'm gonna just go like this has been seen but if it's like you know 50 views i'm gonna like all right what's that over there that's
0: interesting yeah you want to be like in the know early
1: sneak this trailer right now doesn't have that many views so go ahead and view it check
0: it out will you send me a link because i Again, I don't know that I could find it, but if you send me a link, I'll watch it there too. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, Rob, like you said, this is my podcast. So the premise basically is um, we'll go through three rounds. The first round will be me just asking you about your life, getting to know you a little bit like that. The second round will be called Five for Five, uh, where I will ask you a question. You will ask me a question. We'll each get five questions. We both have to answer truthfully. Uh, no phone of friends, none of that bullshit. Like It's got to be real. You will actually go first because you're a guest. And then in round three, we'll use the fast friends fortune teller to pick a final activity that we'll play. And then I'll send you a friend request and ask you if we could be friends or if you feel like we don't really have chemistry.
1: Has someone ever turned you down? Like, this seems so harsh to be looking somebody in the face and be like, nah, dog, it's not going to work out.
0: No, no one has yet. But you know what? Like, here's what I say. And I've said this before. Like, I'm probably not for everybody. I don't know. Maybe somebody will say no. Who knows?
1: Unless I got 4,999 friends, then it's like, all right, now I, I got to close the cap on this Facebook account. You know, like that, that's a big ask. But other than that, I, I doubt that we get to that point not to mess up the uh, the suspense of this episode. But who knows? We might get in a fight. We might get in an argument. We might hate each other after this.
0: We might. I have some heated questions. So who knows? Awesome. I'll just jump right in. I do know that you are originally from, you're in L.A. right now. Is that right? I'm
1: in Los Angeles, California. United States, North America, Northern Hemisphere, Earth.
0: What's the street address again? Uh, I don't know (laughs) if I want to say, but I think you can find out
1: if you you know how to find out those kind of things.
0: I do, for sure. So you grew up, though, in Georgia. Were you in Atlanta proper or just like where in Georgia?
1: That's correct. Atlanta proper, a brief stint in East Point, which is a suburb, like, you know, could walk to the Atlanta city limits still use Atlanta, you know, Metro Atlanta, Rapid Transit, Authority, Marta, if you will. So to anyone outside of Atlanta, East Point is Atlanta. But the distinction has been made on several Outcast records. So I would say half of my time was there. But uh, yeah, for the most part, Atlanta. Brief stint in Orlando from when I was one until when I was seven. So born in Atlanta, moved to Florida, moved back at seven. So shapes, colors, numbers, learned that as Florida man, and then came back and, you know, learned cursive and long
0: division in Atlanta.
1: And that's pretty
0: much everything from there. Did you guys just move there for like, family yeah yeah well
1: you know when you're a one-year-old you're not making any decisions you know so it's just yeah My, my my father got a job that took him to orlando and then lost that job and decided he liked atlanta better and then got a job in atlanta in my head we're the family that moves In my head, I'm rejecting Atlanta at first as a seven-year-old because I'm like, we're going to be in D.C. We're going to be somewhere else. We're going to be like that family that just moves around until they figure out. And we just stayed in Atlanta. My mom's still in Atlanta. So it's just, you know, that wasn't the case. So I, I think... I think that affects, like, my, my sports fandom a little bit. Like, I was never a Hawks fan because my mindset was we might not stay here. So, you know. Yeah,
0: you can't be invested.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm staying with Shaq. I'm like, eventually I'm going to meet up with Shaq somewhere.
0: <laughs> That's now, How long did it take you before you finally kind of embraced Atlanta? Not as a sports fan, but, like, as a home.
1: Going to college and going to the University of Georgia and being around people who tried so hard to pretend and fake like they were from Atlanta. Hey, I'm from West Atlanta. No, you're west of Atlanta. It's you know, you're you're not in the city. My address, you know, if I if I show you my ID, it would say Atlanta. That's totally different. I go to Atlanta Public Schools. My school's in the perimeter. So I feel like that and then moving to New York now it's like the Atlanta pride is just because of the assumptions and the wild things that people would say about where I'm from and it's like what is this based off of like people would just say oh man in Atlanta like everyone's stupid and slow and blah blah, blah. and it's just like okay well now I have to prove something because I, I know that that's not the case and people in LA are super prideful to the point where it's just like you You'll get in a car with someone and they'll be like, I'm from here, man. I know where we're going. I'm like, you're dropping me off. You don't know where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, Like, okay, I get you know your way around here. But at the same time, like, you know my address, you know every address. Like, I'm just telling you where, you know, hey, Google says we should make a right. (laughs) You can do whatever you want to. No, I'm from here. Like, I I hear that here a lot. And I I really, I don't care.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I have a random question. Well, I have two random questions about Atlanta. Okay. I used to go there sometimes for work. I never got to go to the world of Coke. Is that like worth it? Or have you been? I'm a Coke fan. That's the sore subject.
1: Uh Uh, They would never take my grade on a field trip to the world of Coke. They would always take my sister's grade. So I'm in second grade. They're like, hey, we're going to take the kindergartners to the world of Coke this year. Then I'm in third grade. It's like we're going to take the first graders to the world of Coke this year. Then finally, I'm in fifth grade. We taking the third graders to the world. It's like, yo, my sister got to go to the world of Coke so many times and I never got to go.
0: You've never been still. I've still never been. Oh, my God. We should go. I would love to go. I have so much Coca-Cola
1: merchandise. It's crazy. I have hats. I got rugbys. I got sweaters. Like that's my like covert way of like repping the city. Yeah, rocking my Coca-Cola gear.
0: We were a Coke house for sure growing up. I feel like we had um some family that were Pepsi. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My father was a Pepsi drinker. He he rejected Atlanta the most and he's the reason we were there. It's crazy. He loved Pepsi. He would argue Atlanta's down about Pepsi versus Coke. It was it was insane.
0: I honestly think I would probably rather be thirsty than to drink a Pepsi. Wow. Yeah.
1: Where I wonder where are they passionate about Pepsi in Texas? Is that where they're like like where like where are they like passionate about Pepsi?
0: I honestly don't know where they're passionate about it. I think that's where they're headquartered, though, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like there's pockets in New York that that mess with Pepsi. There's there's times I've been places in New York and I've been like, you know, can I have a a, a Sprite? And they're like right yeah we have sierra miss i was like all right like to me it's not that big of a deal it's not that big of a difference but to some people it's everything
0: oh yeah like if i go to a restaurant and i say like i order a coke or a diet coke and they say is pepsi okay or like it's a no it's a hard pass for me i'm getting either water or like iced tea
1: that's crazy to switch genre to like i get the water i get because water is kind of like the basis it's the life force it's in us you need it But to say, like, hey, sweet tea now is, to me, a little insane.
0: I like to live on the edge, Rob. What can I say? My other random Atlanta question is, have you ever been to the Claremont Lounge?
1: I have been to the Claremont Lounge. I brought people to the Claremont Lounge. Star Bar, which is, is a place we used to do stand-up um, Monday nights uh, in Atlanta, and Rodney there, he was like a, a figure at the Claremont Lounge, so he loved to hang out at the Claremont. And so I, I've been there several times, love to see people's first impression there, Made the mistake of bringing some people there the day after I brought them to Magic City the first time, and they were, like, angry. (laughs) Like, like, like... Seriously, man, like they just seem like the greatest strip club they've ever been to. And then they go and they're like, what, like, what is this other place you took me to? You know,
0: for those people listening that have never been or don't know what the Claremont Lounge is, do you want to do you want to give them like the overview? I've only been like once. So I don't I'm not like a professional
1: it's a strip club it's connected to like a very old hotel and there are strippers that you wouldn't see other places there's an old lady that used to be there i don't even know if she's still around blondie and she would uh she would use her breasts to like crush a beer can Mm -hmm. and that was like a big thing and yeah Blondie probably made a lot of money. She probably did. Blondie, I don't know if everybody at the Claremont made money, but I know Blondie would probably made a lot of money.
0: Yeah. I would love to have Blondie on this podcast. I'll just put that out there in case she's listening. I did see her live once. We were very intoxicated and there for a work trip and ended up at the Claremont and saw all of her tricks. So I'm so glad that you've been. You know what? I'll take you to world of Coke if I when I get down to Atlanta. Not if. I love Atlanta. When I get there.
1: I need to go. I need to go.
0: Okay, so let's let's go back. You were learning cursive and things in your formative years in Atlanta. I bet you have really good penmanship.
1: A lady at Popeyes told me I have great penmanship. That's awesome. I was signing my receipt, and she was like, "But I probably am the one of the few people that would actually sign my name right at Popeyes." Like most people, probably like, "I don't want this to get back to me." Like whatever. And I was, But uh. It's okay. My handwriting in school, I don't think was like you know. It's only like some people that like, oh man, you have great handwriting. I was never that kid.
0: I had great handwriting until like maybe seventh grade. I don't know, and then I just like stopped caring. I did win a penmanship award in third grade. I don't, you know. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't want to brag, but here I am. When you were in school and then like as a kid, what did you decide like you were going to college for? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Or did you already know like, nope, I want to be a comedian and entertain people?
1: Didn't know I wanted to be a comedian. Really thought stand-up comedy was something else than what it kind of was and didn't think like... I don't know. I didn't think that like people who like went to school and like I, th- I thought the path to comedy was like a dangerous and dark and like nightlife and stuff. So I, I don't know if I ever even thought about it as as an option for me, but always wanted to be an actor since I was like four years old. Wanted to be an actor, wanted to be a director, wanted to, you know, wanted to be George Lucas when I was a kid. That's what I wanted. I wanted to make Star Wars. I wanted to make Indiana Jones like that. That's what I thought. And then high school, it was obsessed with Spike Lee anything with Spike Lee in it. I saw Bamboozled my freshman year, and I was like, you know, what is this? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And just every chance I got to watch movies and AFI, 100 years, 100 movies, write the list down, you know, try to watch as many as I could, AMC, TMC, like, yeah. So, I always thought I was going to be a director, and then, like, my parents and different people in my life just push that plan B stuff on me. You know, they just were like, they can't be what you do. You gotta, you gotta have a a plan B. You gotta have a plan B. And then Plan B was always something to make me feel like I was doing plan A. Like I never came up with a good, solid manager, you know, like, solid, you know, job that like, hey, this is a this is a solid job that you can do. My plan, plan A became like, I mean, plan B became like, maybe I'll be a sportscaster or maybe I'll be like a lawyer. Or maybe I'll be like something else that's also just as difficult is becoming a director but yeah
0: what did you major in in college
1: uh initially i was pre journalism and journalism school was uh too competitive i didn't have good grades wasn't even allowed to apply to journalism school and so then i ended up becoming a political science major cuz at my school <laughs> politics is for anybody so <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I just was a poli-sci guy, which was crazy because there was some super smart people in poli side, but it wasn't my school's thing. So.
0: College is when you started doing stand-up though, right? Started doing stand-up in college. So there was a
1: sports show at our school and they would allow people who weren't in the journalism school to participate, even be on-air talent. I auditioned for that. I did not get that. But now I'm like, all right, this is what I want to do. No one will let me be in front of people. No one will let me talk on a mic. Open mic poetry, I am allowed to talk on a mic. They'll let anybody. It's open mic. So I would make funny poems and make poems about the poetry night while it was going on. So I would sign up first for open mic night, and then I would make the poem during the show about the show, making fun of everything that people saw in the show. People were like, oh, my God, that was so great. That was so creative. You're a comedian. I was like, no, don't call me that. Like, I didn't do any jokes. You know, I haven't made any jokes. And then, But then it started to spark, like, What if I did make jokes? And then by my senior year of college, I started doing stand-up.
0: When did you start doing the open mics? Was that like your freshman year or was it later than that? Freshman
1: year, I did a thing where my friend made poems and I went on stage with him and acted the poems out. And that was the thing. And then I did a a little poetry night where I took like different T V theme songs and did them as poems. That was like the beginning. Then sophomore years when I started making poems for like the open mic nights. And then my senior year is when I started doing stand-up. So I was just kind of inching my way, like, all right. Like I felt the feeling of doing well, felt the feeling of having a good set before doing sets like that, that feeling of like when you get off, everybody walks up to you and they're like, man, you were great. Oh, man, that was funny. You're crazy you know like like that i got that feeling first and then i started doing stand up and then was chasing that feeling but but at first i was good if i wasn't good at first i would have quit this is the only thing i've ever been considered good at now there was a long stretch where it wasn't good there was a long stretch where people thought i was crazy i'm the only person that kind of figured like hey i'm i'm working on something You know, but yeah, if, if I didn't have that spark in the beginning, I probably wouldn't be here now.
0: It's like the highest high to like actually land, right. And get a great like crowd response and like have people come up to you and say, this is great. Right. And it's the only thing I think that could balance out the bombing. Right. Because um, it's rough, right. When you eat shit on stage, it is rough. You're the only person there. Everyone's looking at you. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just rough. So yeah, I can see that. Like if you so when you say you would go to the poetry night and you would like keep track of like things people were doing and then sort of play it back, were you were you like writing a diss like almost like a diss track?
1: It was a little bit, but also it's because we go to school with these cats. We know they're not the person that they are on poetry night. We know it's they are trying to impress the girls. They're turning metaphors Out of things that aren't met, you know, like, 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 it wasn't me making fun of anybody who wasn't like, but there wasn't too many people at our school who really was like serious about poetry.
0: Yeah, it was like, like,
1: so, like the best guy had one poem and he would do it every time and it was great. It was a really good poem and it was like, oh man, what is it gonna do next? And it was like the same poem every time. And so then it was like, all right. And then everyone else, it was just like, you know, it's kind of like you felt like everybody was trying to either do a scene from Love Jones or they were trying to like it was a dare or they only thought about making it past the auditions. Because after a while, they started having auditions to kind of weed out the people who just didn't have a plan. And yeah
0: is this when you were in college is this when um hashtag robert week debuted robert week that's like
1: near the end there that's near the end there there's uh yeah they had uh, near the end of school year they would have greek weeks and stuff and i wasn't greek and i just thought it would be funny if i had my own week and like people like yo you don't want a day like it would be crazy if you had a day. And I'm like, yeah, but we had an organization that was suspended. So there was a, a week with no week. And so then it was like, all right, I'm taking that week. I'm in the the, the student union. We put on the concerts. Right. So they had a week. One of the diversity weeks, it was the Week of Soul. So they had like Soul Food, they had a Trey Songz concert. And because I was in the union, I was able to appropriate all of that into Robert Week. So I I put out a mixtape. I had T-shirts, but also I was able to get on stage at the concert. I was also able to like, so it was crazy. It was insane. And so, yeah, people let it get super big. Nobody like embarrassed me during my week. That was the biggest fear of like, hey, I'm going to have a week. Like, what if? What if somebody pants me during my week? What if somebody (laughs) like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if somebody does something? Because uh, a big part of me getting on stage that first time was I was alienated by some guys at school. And there was like a little secret organization that I wasn't allowed to be in and all my friends were involved in this thing and I and I felt like I was alone. And so part of me getting on stage is I felt like I have nothing to lose. The people I thought were my friends did not ride out for me. There's nothing that can go wrong. What if I can't be embarrassed. There's no way I can be embarrassed because I kinda hate everyone here anyway. So yeah, there's nothing that can happen to me that
0: embarrasses me. You know, I think you should bring back Robert Week now. I would need planning and like maybe the next album. Yeah, let's let me know if I can help. I, I'm an advocate for Robert Week. I think it's great. Okay, so you uh, you do stand up through college or start proper in your senior year. You go on and do Laughing Skull Comedy Festival there in Atlanta. I think you won that, correct? Yes, I won yes. the
1: Laughing Skull Comedy Festival. First person from Atlanta to win the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival and then of course they they uh you know didn't have confidence and and they felt like, well, you know they wanted to be cool, so it's no longer a competition. they didn't like people being mad and people being upset and stuff so it's it's not a competition anymore, so I won a festival that is no longer a competition.
0: did it stop being a competition right after that?
1: one more year, and I got to be a judge, which was even even worse. <laughs> cuz it's like the now this person that was just with us is now judging us. Yeah, after that it was no longer a competition.
0: It's a shame that you weren't the last cuz you could still be like the reigning champion forever.
1: Yeah, but then also it would feel like they were so uh, like people were so upset that I won that they like restructured the whole <laughs> the whole thing.
0: I guess I could see that. In 2015, you you were part of the, I don't know exactly how to state this, like Just for Laughs, New Faces, mm-hmm. with a great class of people like Megan Gailey and Tom Brady at the time, Billy Wayne Davis and Caleb Sinan, just to name a couple.
1: All, all good friends that I've been able to see in the past couple of months. It's been kind of crazy.
0: That's great. I think they're all very funny. I have a question. So for people that are listening, because I didn't know anything about like the new faces until I started doing comedy, can you like describe to people that have no idea what it is and why it's a big deal?
1: Sure. I knew about just just for last new faces i want to say maybe true life i'm a comedian although i know they were getting ready for aspen but the jerry seinfeld movie comedian is definitely like orney adams is focused on uh new faces and basically new faces is like being a uh, XXL freshmen in hip hop or being like on a, you know, a who's who's list. You know, these are the people that you should know in stand up. So every year it's kind of like these are the newcomers. These are the new faces and it's for the industry. But it's definitely from another time. Our 2015 class, no one got a deal. No one got their own television show, you know. And I think like five years prior, there were some people getting deals and stuff. Ten years prior, there were people getting life-changing money. Fifteen years prior, there were people getting sitcoms and just like make you a star. You know, ten years prior to that people getting rich some people you never even heard of they just got stupid money that wasn't the case like by the time we were there and you know even now it's like first of all the industry has the internet they have social media they have youtube once the list comes out they're able to look you up and be as drunk or as whatever during the your performance as they can so there would be meetings I'd have afterwards, they'd be like, man, we loved you at Montreal. Can you send us a copy of your standup? And it's like, wait, I, I thought you loved me at Montreal. Why you, Why you need to see it again? You, you saw me in person but it's just, it's just one of those things, but I'm grateful for it. It was, it was a great opportunity and and experience. I wish I didn't take it so seriously. I wish I didn't freak out as much as I did because there's no, there's no set that's going to make or break your career. Like, yes, that can happen, but that it's through preparation. It's through, you know, doing the thousands of, of other sets. So I wish I had went into it with that mindset. And just been not cared as much.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening to Fast Friends. Stay tuned for a quick message from our sponsor. Summer is finally in full swing. We've waited so long to be able to leave our quarantine bubbles and get out of the house. I just recently got my bike tuned, so I'm excited to take it out for a spin. But you know what I'm not excited about? Getting hangry while I'm out on the trail. As you head outside, don't forget to take Paps Jerky with you. Paps makes beef jerky and beef sticks to fuel your outdoor lifestyle. They come in unique original flavors like Pitmasters, Hot, and my personal favorite, Grippo's Barbecue. You know what they say, you can take the boy out of Cincinnati, but you can't take the Cincinnati out of the boy. And right now fast friends listeners can receive 15 percent off their first order by entering promo code fast friends 15 at papsjerky.com. so save up fuel up and get outside can we talk about hazepedia
1: let's talk about hazepedia
0: so hazepedia was your album it's streaming everywhere if people want to listen to it, not to steal your plug. How did you go into like deciding cause this was your first album, correct? Mm-hmm. So how do you how did you go into like deciding what exactly you wanted that set like the sets to look like and like how if something was like good enough to make it a cut for the album?
1: For Hazelpedia it was just like what's the best of the best? If it was a closer at some time, I did it. That was part of why I wanted to do it in San Francisco this is a place i haven't really done a lot of stand up there and i was going to be comfortable doing older material doing doing everything to its fullest potential the, the audience there was a was a little sensitive and and kind of made it difficult to do some stuff especially stuff that i might be personally removed from but at, at the same time yeah, no, that the, the, the thought process was just, hey, let's make the funniest thing I can. Let's let's make, you know, let's show the showcase the best bits. I think uh the next album um is gonna be more focused and more of a like coherent like concept. But uh yeah, Hazelpedia is just just a grab bag. It's just, you know.
0: It's the stuff like that you knew from doing like night after night after night, like it gets a good reaction and you had nuanced like this is the way to bring it home and land this joke, right? Like this always gets the best reaction. So it's the, it's like the greatest hits of your road. It's the greatest hits of, yeah, the,
1: the first 10 years of me doing stand-up. If my back's against the wall, if I got a show, I got to do an hour, and I mentally feel like I could pull from anything, these are probably the jokes I'm going to pull out.
0: One of my favorite bits of yours is about working at a chicken restaurant in the airport. I don't want to ruin it, but like people should look it up if they haven't heard it. The fast food chicken wars have been going on now for a while, and there's like constantly new entrants popping up. I feel like I just want to ask, like based on people that have popped up over the past year or so, who do you think has the best chicken sandwich in fast food?
1: Who do I think has the best chicken sandwich? I love the lead-in for this question, because called this question, I, I'm probably going to Get upset and knock a table over and stuff, but uh, I have to go with the Popeyes spicy chicken sandwich. I think that one's the best. I think that there weren't there wasn't a war until that one. Like that one is what made it a war. Now I haven't had Church's chicken sandwich. I haven't had the newest incarnation of of the KFC sandwich. I, of course, I had the Double Down. I tried it. The chicken's the bread. Let's do it. But I I haven't. had... But I imagine I like Popeye's chicken better than those places. So I imagine the Popeye's chicken sandwich is probably superior. I, I doubt Carl's Jr.'s chicken sandwiches even in the conversation. Get out of here, Jack in the Box. McDonald's, I heard, I heard some disappointment. When we were in Akron, somebody came back and it was like, we just had the mcdonald's chicken sandwich it wasn't it and i was like yeah that stick with the mcchicken the mcchicken wasn't chicken but it was there when you needed it i don't need you to get fancy everybody don't need thick chicken sometimes you need a real chicken sandwich and sometimes you need a mcchicken
0: yeah mcchicken definitely has its place i'm with you i'm um i've tried places as they've debuted right they're what i'll call like their imposter to popeyes no one's is as good honestly so I'm glad to hear you say that. Shout out
1: to Chick Fil A though. Chick Fil A has has if you go to Popeyes one day, you're not going to get that chicken sandwich again. If you got to have another chicken sandwich, you're going to go to Chick
0: Fil A. So I have to tell you, this maybe this is it. Maybe this is our fight. I think Chick Fil A is the most overrated fast food restaurant in the United States period
1: that doesn't mean that it's
0: bad <laughs> no no i i'm not saying that i'll never eat it but i definitely just dis- i don't get i don't really get all the build-up for it
1: you've always had chick-fil-a nope Mm-mm. no no no, we didn't okay. have it where I all lived right. growing up. All right. Because I, I do feel that from people who it's, it's a new thing for. It. And it's like, all right, a new fast food might get you like a, a new feeling, you know, because like, OK, people come out here, they see In-N-Out, they they have a, a memory or something attached to In-N-Out and they're like, I got to have In-N-Out. And then they get it and they're like, ah, oh, that's not. Nice. But there's always a line. There's always enough people visiting L.A. to form a line at In-N-Out. But In-N-Out is
0: not great, ever. I usually get it if I'm out that way, but um, honestly, I love Del Taco.
1: Del Taco is clutch. Del Taco is clutch.
0: They put the taco
1: in foil. They make you feel like you're not eating fast food. They put a little lime in there. They make you feel like, like, you know, I know that there are... Thousands of sheets of foil in there, but they make me feel like it is aluminum foil from a grocery store that they gave me. Like it makes me feel like this is authentic Mexican food, even though I know it's not.
0: Yeah, but it does. It it just hits different. So I want to talk about Sherman's Showcase a bit. I think that you guys have a new season that's returning in 2021. Is that correct?
1: I don't know what I'm at liberty to say. We, we have written an uh, entire season. We have yet to shoot uh, the season, and it's July. So I don't know when it will come out or when we will. Hopefully, I injured my toe recently. So hopefully I saw that my toe is, is in danceable shape by the time we shoot Sherman. But that's pretty much all
0: I got. One of the things I think that you wrote for just recently was, and I and I know you've done this for other things too similar, but like the ESPYs, when you're writing for something like that versus something that's, let's say, entirely scripted, so like a TV show, a movie, whatever. How do you have to approach that differently? And like, how do you get first for things like the ESPYs or like other award shows? Sometimes there's like celebrities involved. How hard is it to get like people on board with some of the like dialogue and sketches and bits that you that you weave in?
1: It's tough. And I haven't been in the in the process of, of getting them on board. I think everyone has seen it go wrong. Everyone has seen it be bad. And they don't want to look bad. But they don't understand that a lot of the, those times where it's been bad and look bad, it's been the person using their own thing instead of what was suggested to them. So they're, they've they seen years of people doing their own thing. And then when we pitch it to them, they're like, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. And then it's like, all right, well, yeah. You don't even they don't even realize the years of people doing their own thing is what they're avoiding is what their head is straight for you know yeah and then sometimes it's just like things going through different hands so right it's not like joke to person it's not like joke to audience it's joke to a guy who can change stuff, can take stuff out, can put stuff in, can, you know, add other people's jokes in or whatever. Then that joke goes to another guy. Are they in comedy? I don't know. Maybe they say they're in comedy. I don't, they decide how they feel about what they've read. Then it goes to a network. The network's just like, hey, works, not works. Makes sense, doesn't make sense then it goes to the person then then it's just like yes or no then it goes to the audience so by the time the audience it's been through so many hands so there's some things that are undeniable there's some things that like reads well on the paper go straight to the guy straight to the guy straight to the talent straight to the people of course that stuff goes you know right through but there's other things where it's like all right if somebody could, you know, if I could explain it to the first dude, maybe he can explain it to the, the other channels maybe it can get explained to the talent maybe it can get through but in order for that to happen all you can do is 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 your best yeah but it, it is it is difficult it is difficult and you're dealing with you're dealing with people who are you know i get it they're protective of their brands i wasn't there to build up whatever reason they were to get there i wasn't you know shooting jumpers and, and lifting weights I mean, I was, but I wasn't good at it. They were good at it, you know. So they deserve to be there. And the thing is, a a bad moment would, you know, the the no one's there to go viral for the wrong reasons. No one's there to trip up on something or or have, you know. And so I totally get it. But it is difficult. It is tough. But working working on an award show is just like if you ever worked on a play in high school or worked on like award shows that, you know, in high school or something and, you know, backstage, everybody's running around frantic. And, you know, there's one person, they feel like they're in charge and they just, you know, like, where's this and where's that? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Just like on a, like, everyone's getting paid. But it's the same thing. It's just like when you're in school and you put on a school play. It's the same thing.
0: That's awesome. I just like, I have this mental image of crazy, like people just running around. So, what's next for you? What's going on? Like, where's, what's in your immediate path?
1: Think this drops at the end of the month and then five episodes bi weekly. So, over 10 weeks, I will be making people crazy, posting stuff, sending links around, doing that. Um, Also working on some some development stuff that I can't really talk about. Of course, I've alluded to the next album. Uh, There's a plan for that. Is that all the way together? No, but definitely going to be trying to do as much stand-up as possible and trying to work on the next stand-up thing.
0: Awesome. Side note, we should talk about having you back out because we are starting to run shows again.
1: Let's do it.
0: Come on. Sweet. So we'll move on to the second round, which is 5 for 5. This is named after one of my favorite meals as a high school student when i would go to arby's and get five roast beef sandwiches for five dollars
1: chick-fil-a overrated arby's underrated let's talk about the wild berry sauce and them jalapeno poppers potato cakes if you want if you want your food hot Drop them. I don't know if we've talked about this already. I'm about to send a friend request before we even do the fight.
0: <laughs> so we, you and I have not talked about Arby's, I don't think, but I also agree that it's underrated. They have the best appetizers in the game, mm-hmm. hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's very consistent. It's uh, delicious. delicious. I, you know, I can't say enough good things about Arby's, quite honestly. They got the meats. They do have the meats uh, and a lot of my credit card budget. So in this round, like I said, it's going to be five questions. You ask me five questions. I ask you five questions. We'll go one for one. You start. So feel free to to weigh in with your first question.
1: Okay, I see some wrestling paraphernalia behind you. I see a big WWF. I see what looks like Andre the Giant. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time?
0: Of all time? Shit. <sighs> God. This is not really- the best. Just who's your favorite? I know, who- I know, I know.
1: One action figure who you picking up first? Video game who you picking like yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I think <sighs> Quite honestly, my favorite wrestler of all time is probably Chris Jericho. He is... I think he's underrated. He has done everything. He is uh, great on the mic. He is great in the ring. He has lasted in the ring forever. Like he's still wrestling now. He's just.
1: Y2J was 21 uh, years ago.
0: I know. And he's still, he's still main eventing, man. He's, he's just great. I think he has a really smart mind for the business. He, I don't, I say this, like I hang out with him, but he's probably one of my, yeah, he's my favorite for sure.
1: I love, I love the eighties. And I think Jericho might be one of the few wrestlers to be on Island
0: of the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, (laughs) He's also, he's very funny too in interviews and stuff. Okay, so my first question for you is you've been on both The Late Late Show with James Corden and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Which show has better catering and snacks?
1: Ooh, dang. I'm gonna have to give that to The Late Late Show. Even though it's like the green room, green room, green room, and then like a setup for everybody in a little bar, all that's probably gone now. But so, you know, if Mark Wahlberg wanted to come out and mingle, he could have, you know, I was definitely, but yeah, no, they had the most intricate avocado toast. Oh, it was crazy crazy. It was like, yo, the guacamole had so much stuff in there. It was, it was crazy. And I hadn't eaten either. It was like three o'clock. I didn't want to eat. I was getting my head right and everything. The Tonight Show was later. I feel like, I don't think I ate. Oh, they might've had some fruit or something, but yeah, no, the Late Late Show definitely had the food because they had the space. Rockefeller Center is is built in the 20s. I don't know how, people must've been small because they... Man, went wasn't a lot of room. Anywhere, you know, like I'm like, man, how they do all these SNL sets and stuff in this building because, man, the, the dressing room, everything was small. But, like, yeah, Late Late Show had it laid out, and everybody there was extremely lax. Like, it was, yeah, nobody was uptight about, like, hey, man, all right, when you do this joke, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, hey, you know, have fun. But, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna say they had the best food in Late Late Show.
0: That was going to be my guess. So I'm glad that I was I'm glad that my um, instinct was correct.
1: Okay, my second question, who's the best comic that you've had? And, you know, don't even try to put me in the conversation. Who's the best comic that you've had at your at your run in Aurora?
0: So I'm I'm (laughs) I'm going to say Megan, Megan Gailey. She resonates really well with that audience. So for people that are listening that have never been there, Aurora is a very small town in Indiana. Megan is from Indiana. So I think she has that sort of like natural connection from the from the get-go. I can say though that everyone has I think almost everyone has done really really well in that room and I know we were actually getting ready to bring you back for a second show before COVID hit so um, we we'll want to pick that up for sure but yeah I, I think Megan I think she just resonates right because she is Indiana like they look at her and they're like oh yeah like she went to Purdue you know like she tells funny stories like that and it's I think it's very relatable for them she's also just very funny right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her mom is I there too Maggie. so Peggy being there I think adds a whole different element too so
1: Megan's on- on our show as well yeah her husband was our, our leader our director our showrunner and uh yeah so so megan's on a couple episodes i believe she might be on the first episode but she's definitely on sneak this
0: sweet yeah i love cj too he's great my second question for you is what's something that you're not good at besides tiktok because we already talked about that
1: something i'm not good at besides tiktok i suck at taking pictures i'm the worst man people have been killing my headshot I'm the worst at taking pictures. I've never just been like, "Hey, take a picture of me," and it looked cool. Like any good picture I got, have been completely random, and I wasn't paying attention, and they just got a good shot of me. I'm terrible at taking pictures.
0: So, like, being the subject of a picture, like, you do you like get in your own head or something?
1: You know, the, the amount of hours I spent watching Top Model and I still don't know. It's not even I'm in my head. I just don't I don't think about it. I don't even think about improving it. I don't look in the mirror like, oh, how can I like look good in a picture? Like when when it's time to take a picture and then it's like, oh, we got to do another one. I'm all that's my my response every time in my head. It's like we're doing it again and again. And like probably people are doing all kind of stuff because they got their moves. I don't have my moves, but I'm like too old to not have their moves. Like I should I don't know. I should work on that. I should work on it.
0: I don't, I don't have any moves either. Cause I feel like photographers do that, right? Like they're like waiting on you. I feel like sometimes to like, just naturally go from like this to this, to this. I'm like you, I just sit there. I'm like, okay. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get, man. So like, like unless you, unless you slap Photoshop on it, this is what you're getting. (laughs) All right. It's time for your third question for me. Okay.
1: If you didn't live where you live right now, if you could live anywhere in the world, Where would you live?
0: In the whole world. In the whole world. Yeah. I haven't really been to a lot of places outside of the U.S., so I really like Arizona a lot. Okay. Okay. So I'm in Illinois right now. I'm in the Chicago area. I'm over winter, but... For the foreseeable future, this is where I'm going to be. I think Arizona, the thing I like about it is I like that you can do pretty much anything. So, like, you know, you can go skiing in like the mountains. You can, it's the desert, right? So it's hot as hell. I don't know. I just like it there. Plus, they have Del Taco. So that doesn't hurt. We don't have that here. Arizona's hot. Yeah, oh Arizona yeah. Arizona is hot. That's my concern, though, is I've only, I've never been in the dead, like, of like the middle of summer. So I probably should do that before I say that I want to move there.
1: I went to the spring and the walk from the comedy condo to the grocery store was enough for me to be like, all right, it's, it's a little too hot here.
0: And you you grew up in Atlanta, which is humid. I know it's different, but like you're also in L.A. It's not like you've been in cold climates, so it would be like shocking to you. Like you're used to the warmth. Ugh. Yeah,
1: but it's just like it's a heat that sneaks up on you, yeah. you know. Plus it's also the visual of like every house, the air conditioning is on the outside of the house, like on the, on the roof, you know, it's just like, wait, how hot does it get here? Like why are these air conditioners up there? Yeah. Why are they not on the ground? (laughs) It's hot as hell. Yeah.
0: But I, that's where I would pick right now. Okay. All right. Um, My third question for you is what is your biggest pet peeve?
1: Hmm. My biggest pet peeve. I don't like, I don't like people making assumptions about me. I don't like that. You know, I, I, I rather people go into things with a clean slate. I hate people like, Oh, you, especially people I don't know. And they're like, Oh, you would love blah, 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 blah. Like, Where, where'd you get that from? You don't, you don't even <laughs> yeah. know what I like. How would you know what I love? You know? I, yeah. yeah.
0: That's. A, I think that's fair.
1: <laughs> I don't like people, uh, picking out, like I'm real particular about clothes and stuff people always try to buy me new clothes they're always like oh man you know I thought you would love this and it's just like nah like part of the joy is me going on the hunt me finding the stuff myself you know
0: yeah I think that's totally fair all right your fourth question for me
1: uh what's been your favorite job that you've had
0: that I've ever had so uh right while I was in college and right after college I did creative writing for a professional wrestling company so it didn't pay but it was Amazing. It was the best. Yeah. It was the best job, honestly. I got to do so many. I wish that we could, I wish we had this on video, like video to share of, of the things <laughs> that you're doing don't. right now. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> uh, hour in, I find out, yeah, we're not doing video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's recording, but we're not going to release it. But maybe that, maybe that'll be like, that's my TikTok content.
1: That's so funny.
0: Yeah. It was the best job ever. It was so fun. I was too, too young at the time to really be doing all the things that I was doing. Like I didn't know, but I also thought I knew everything because I had just graduated from college. So yeah, now I would probably do it totally different, but it was, it was a blast. I I wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: That's hard. Yeah. That's dope.
0: Yeah. And then I got to go to like corporate jobs after that. So that was a fun switch. (laughs) My fourth question for you is, what's the best gift that you've ever received?
1: The best gift that I've ever received. Let's see. My dad got me season tickets to the Hawks for my 17th birthday. And that was pretty insane to go to like every game. I was pretty crazy because he was like, he asked me, he was like, what game would you want to go to? And I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. I I could go to any Hawks game. And then he gave me like tickets to every Hawks game. That's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Um, and the, yeah, I say all the time. I, you know, I was a season ticket holder. I say that way more. It was the oh five oh six season. Like it was a long time ago. But I, still, you know, I was supported. Though I, I was a, I was a season ticket holder. I said that a lot.
0: Well, it's like a badge that nobody can take from you, right? Yeah. All right. It's time for your fifth and final question for me.
1: Are you Logan familiar with the Space Monkey?
0: The Space Monkey.
1: No. Space Monkey is this, I don't know, semi-professional wrestler? Yes, I am. But he has the great, like the best YouTube videos. And I'm like, oh, man. Rooting for Dude, my roommate Owen Straw put me onto the Space Monkey. And we love watching his like promos and stuff because they're insane. It's like, yeah.
0: Yes. I did not tie that to wrestling like right away. But once okay. you said, yes, a hundred percent, he does, I feel like he's done, um, he does these shows at this promotion outside of Chicago called black label pro. Um, so I've okay. seen him wrestle there, but yeah, he's insane and it, a little frightening quite honestly, like in person, if you see him at a show, yeah, yeah, it just, okay. I don't know, maybe it's a little like wizard of Oz flying monkey to me. It's, uh, mm. maybe it's just at that, but yeah, he's, uh, a little frightening to me, but yeah, insane. So now that I know what you're talking about. Yes, I am. My final question for you is, if we switched lives for a day, what's the first thing that you would do as me?
1: The first thing I would do as you? Hmm. The first thing I would do. I'm probably going through your stuff. I'm probably gonna, you know, figure out like, hey, what is Logan hiding? Like, you know, like I see the stuff that's out, you know, I see the mannequin head, I see the, I see the posters and stuff. But I'm be, I'm gonna go in the drawers. I'm gonna figure out, hey, what is there? Is there a key? Is there a, to, you know, some kind of secret something? Or like, yeah, I'm, I'm go, I'm going through your stuff. All right. If I wake up and I'm another person, I'm, yeah, I'm going through this. What, what's gonna happen? Somebody be like, hey, man, you going through your drawers? Yeah. These yeah. are
0: mine, aren't they? Get out of here. I'm me, yeah. right? <laughs> I like that answer. I don't know that you would find anything that exciting in my life, but, uh, <laughs> but you're more than welcome to. Awesome. Well, thanks for playing Five for Five. This last round is where I will bring out the paper Fast Friends fortune teller. Um, okay. So what we'll do is I'll have you pick a series of, of things and then it'll lead to the final activity that we play. So the first question you have to answer is, and then we're going on a road trip in this scenario. Okay. Do we start the playlist with... I really like boy bands, just so you know, do we start the playlist with ninety eight degrees, One Direction in sync or Backstreet Boys?
1: We are starting out rough. Let's see. if I want to get them out of here, I'm gonna say ninety eight degrees oh, because they don't me. have that many they don't have that many songs. So it's like, all right, if we do that, then it's like we got to change it to something else real quick. You're hurting my heart. I mean, nah, NSYNC would be cool. I could, I could, you know, Space Cowboy was, you know, hey, if it's got space in it, chances are I'm going to like it. Space Jam, Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? If you want to ride with a Space Cowboy, you be I-L, you be A. I'm, Yo, I'm cool with that. So, yeah, NSYNC I probably could ride too because I, I, now that I'm thinking Short Hair Justin, Gone, Girlfriend, Neptune's Beats, We, yeah, we rolling. So, yes, insane, insane.
0: So, we're stopping for snacks on the road trip. Do you pick Cheez-Its, Sour Patch Kids, um, Milk Duds, or Corn Nuts?
1: The only one of those I I would eat is probably Sour Patch Kids.
0: Yeah. Uh, And we're we're stopping at a fast food restaurant now. Do you pick Burger King, Arby's, Wendy's, or McDonald's?
1: Depending on the mood, since I'm riding with you, let's go to Arby's. Let's go to Arby's. Let's go to Arby's, yeah.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, so... That's truth or dare. (laughs) Okay. So you can pick. You can pick truth or dare. I have a question. If you pick dare, I have a dare. And we'll go from there.
1: I'm going to pick truth because I don't really know what kind of dare.
0: That's fair. So the truth is, when was the last time that you told a lie?
1: The last time I told a lie, according to my girlfriend, it's every day. But probably I, probably, I I think I did tell a lie yesterday. I lied on, on the podiatrist.
0: Chances are they probably won't hear this, so that's okay. I,
1: yeah, no. I told I told my girlfriend that the podiatrist said I got to piece it down. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not true. He never yeah. said that. <laughs>
0: But logically
1: to me it made sense cuz it's like you don't want residue getting in your in your injury but at the same time he he did not have any any stance
0: on the matter i have so many follow up questions um but I think, I think we'll just leave it there. Uh, <laughs> awesome. This is the time in the recording, Rob, where I would, and I'm not doing this legit, like in real life, so you don't have to open your Facebook. All right. I, was willing, I got another window. I can, you know. <laughs> Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request at this point. Do you confirm or delete the friend request? I'm confirming, sending a
1: message, poking, you know. Oh, poke. Yeah. Yeah, bringing a poke back. Because I, I, I figured, uh, I don't think I'm the only person still poking. So, yeah. you know, I'm a poke. Yeah. I love it. Let you, you. Let you laugh at that little notification when you're like, Rob Hayes poked you. Like, what? what? <laughs>
0: I love it. Dude, thank you so much. Uh, tell the listeners, we talked about Sneak This, but where else can they find you? Like, where can they listen to Hazepedia? Where can they follow you? Where can they buy your stuff and make you more rich?
1: Uh, all the information about me should be on RobHaze.com. My Instagram is at Rob Hayes, RobHaze, R O B H A Z E. Sneak This is going to be on BR Kicks. Also, if you have Hulu, you can check out Sherman Showcase, Hazelpedia. It's on your title. It's on your Apple Music. It's on your Google Play. It's on your Spotify and Sirius XM Radio. You got one of the comedy channels. Chances are you're going to hear me at some point.
0: Awesome. And we will put uh, links to some of those things in the show notes as well. If you're listening at home, and since Rob and I are now friends and we're going to hang out for the first time, send us a tweet, text us, tell us what we should do when we hang out besides go to World of Coke. Bye, Rob. Thanks for accepting my friend request. It was great hanging out with you. Take care, man. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.